Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program. We've made it to the end of the week. The weekend is on tap. Thank you for being with us here for this Friday edition of the program. Let's look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got news and headlines of the day. A few recruiting tidbits of interest. Mackenzie Holmes and Trace Jackson Davis named IU Student Athletes of the Year. Rightfully so. We'll tell you about that and a few other basketball notes here in this opening segment today. Later in the show, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He will join us, and Dylan has a new job that he'll tell us about, uh, but Dylan finishing up his time in Seymour. He's done an outstanding job covering local sports in Jackson County, but also joining us each Friday to talk IU basketball and so many other topics here on the show, and uh, he'll be with us as normal coming up in segment two today. Later in the show, Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star will join, and you know the big topic for Kyle. It's a tough one really to talk about. It's frustrating, but it's just part of where we're at in this new basketball landscape. Two very good high school basketball players from our state over the last week or so have announced that they will leave their IHSAA schools and play at various, I guess you could call them prep or elite high school-like opportunities. And two big names from Indiana will not suit up and play high school basketball this season. So we'll talk about that and more with Kyle when he joins us a little bit later in the hour today. Unfortunately, just the way of the world. That's where things are at. High school basketball still means a lot here in Indiana, but it isn't king as maybe what it once was and there are different and new opportunities out there to help some of these upper echelon players uh, that can uh, maybe play in the NBA and help them get developed and ready uh, for those uh, opportunities maybe quicker and uh, at a higher rate than what typical high school basketball can so we'll talk about that and more with Kyle when he joins us a little bit later in the show. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are still being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. One more time, the number, 502-414-1450. You can send in... Questions, comments, you can sound off, IU, basketball, football, local sports, really whatever you want. As long as it's something reasonable, we'll work it into the show here on this Friday, that number 502-414-1450. And at Thornton's right now, don't forget, they've got 
32 ounce drinks and smaller, only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's for 89 cents and send us a text on the Thornton's text line. Let's get into some headlines of the day. Jalen Harrelson, the big-time recruit from Fishers. We talk about him a lot, including this week. He announced earlier in the week he's leaving Fishers High School, who would be a front-runner in Class 4A basketball this season. He's going to play at Laporte La Lumiere, La Lumiere, however you pronounce it exactly. Uh, he's going to play at that uh, level where they travel. They play at a national conference. They often get an opportunity to play in the Dick Sporting Goods National Championship Tournament. Maybe it's the Geico Tournament now at the end of the season. Uh, but also, with that announcement, Yesterday evening, Jalen tweeted out that after a conversation with Coach Shire at Duke, he has received a scholarship offer from the Blue Devils. So we knew that Duke was one of his suitors, probably just a matter of time until they offer a high-level prospect like Harrelson, but he does now have a scholarship offer from Duke. So Duke has come in uh, late and gotten involved with Flory Bedunga in 2024. I think a lot of people think they have an opportunity to land him. And now Duke appears to be stepping up the heat in the 2025 class with uh, Jalen Harrelson. So big week for him. He announces a transfer of high schools earlier in the week. And then here later in the week, a scholarship offer officially coming in from John Shire, who enters his second year as the head coach at Duke University. A couple other recruiting notes. There's a really good three-point shooter from the 2024 class, a guard named Austin Swartz that we've talked about recently. He now has officially set six senior year official visits, and Indiana is going to be one of his first visits. It's going to take place in mid-August. He'll be in Bloomington August 18th through the 20th. He also set visits for Miami, Georgia, Florida State, Connecticut, and Virginia Tech as well. Of course, this is the first class, the 2024 class is, where this new rule of unlimited official visits uh, per player, two players. And, of course, it's just one, uh, I believe, per player to a school. They can't visit a, a front runner or a favorite school multiple times and be wined and dined. But they can take uh, multiple official visits, unlimited official visits, to different schools. He also announced a final eight, which includes those schools that he uh, visited or will visit, I should say, Connecticut, Notre Dame, Georgia, Virginia Tech, Florida State, Miami, and Clemson also on his list in addition to Indiana. And I think he's already taken a visit uh, previously to Clemson, so getting an opportunity to see a lot of those schools. The weekend he's going to be on campus for his official visit is also the third annual Hoosier Basketball Fan Fest where there's a bit of a fan event, autographs, NIL opportunity for IU players. There's a scrimmage, maybe a slam dunk contest, three-point contest, kind of some Hoosier hysteria similarities there if you remember this fan fest event that started a few years back so probably a good weekend for him to be in because he's going to see uh, not a sold out assembly hall or a massive crowd but a decent crowd for a really early preseason event and he'll get a feel just how much basketball matters here in this state so Schwartz six foot four shooting guard plays for Boo Williams in the summer and he's from the Cannon School which is located in Concord, North Carolina, ranked number 42nd nationally, according to 247 Sports. And again, he is known, anything you see or read about him, he is known as an outstanding three-point shooter 
which would fit the bill for what Indiana could really use. So uh, Austin Swartz, keep his name on the radar as far as IU moving forward with recruiting. Also, uh, Indiana Athletes of the Year for 2023, as announced each year by the school. No surprise that two basketball standouts lead the way for these awards this season. Mackenzie Holmes on the women's side, Trace Jackson Davis on the men's side, both selected as recipients of the IU Athlete of the Year Award for the 22-23 season for their elite performances on the hardwood. The school announced in a press release on Thursday, coming out from Scott Dolson, the athletic director at Indiana. Again, if you look across all sports, uh, football, whatever it may be, baseball on the men's side, even on the women's side as well. These two, in many ways, led their respective teams, so no surprise to see them receive this honor at the conclusion of their IU careers. The IU basketball schedule is set. We've had a lot of breakdown of what the schedule looks like and the type of competition it offers this Indiana team as we start to hone in on the roster and some of the specifics for next season. 11 games and two exhibition games Uh, Nine of those considered by games, and I say that with air quotes or, quote, guarantee, end quote, games, which means that the opponent gets paid. Normally a mid-major or a low-major, occasionally a Division II or NAIA program, a home game, no return game as part of these contracts and agreements. But I always find it interesting uh, how much Indiana is paying for some of these games. Last season, according to Inside the Hall, Indiana paid an average of 95000 for each of its seven guaranteed non-conference games and a total of 45000 for its pair of exhibition games. Here's what Indiana's going to pay this season. Indianapolis coming to town, they will get $15,000. Marion, the second exhibition game in Bloomington, they'll get $30,000, will Marion. Florida Gulf Coast, the first Division I team on the IU schedule, they'll get $105,000 to come play a game at Indiana. Army will get $90,000. Harvard will get 95,000, Moorhead State from down in Kentucky, 95,000, North Alabama also 95,000 and Kennesaw State 95,000 as well. So the average it looks like will be a little higher this year. I did not see a figure for the right state game, but it's amazing to me to come play a, ba- a basketball game, a one game set. Ninety-five plus thousand dollars, and for those exhibition games, Indianapolis, you know, getting fifteen thousand, Marion getting thirty thousand. Those are big fundraising opportunities for those programs as they get ready to head into their respective basketball seasons. So interesting stuff. Uh, IU women as well. I want to make note of their schedule. They play at Maine in 23-24. Really not a big game, but it is interesting to see Indiana go on the road to a mid-major program like Maine. Even on the women's side, you just don't see that happen much. But I tell you, Mackenzie Holmes... She will get a a chance. I'm sure this is part of the thinking here. She'll get a chance to play in front of her home state in her final women's college basketball season. The game is slated for 7 p.m. on November 30th, so it's one of the early season games for the IU women's team. An All-American last season uh, never has played in Maine, as you would 
probably believe that uh, until now. So getting an opportunity to go home and play, I'm sure that's part of the reason for this decision. But uh, good for her and uh, need to see Indiana go somewhere different and uh, take another challenge on the road. New Albany boys basketball job as of this hour still open, but there have been some rumors and remarks that maybe that job could be filled over the next few days. I saw a note that the school board, the New Albany Floyd County School Board, has called an emergency meeting for Monday night, I believe it is. I believe that meeting uh, could be for two purposes, maybe to confirm a New Albany basketball coach, but also to maybe confirm or hire a new principal at Floyd Central High School. That position currently vacant right now as well. So keeping an eye on things, our high school football season getting ready to kick off officially in really a month or less. We'll have scrimmages and other things to get the season rolling. And once you get into football, basketball and the winter months get here quickly. So we'll see who New Albany puts in that slot to lead its basketball program after the retirement of Jim Shannon at the conclusion of last season. That's a look at our headlines for this Friday edition of the program. The 12-year-old state tournament in Little League Baseball got underway yesterday at Jeff GRC in Jeffersonville. The state tournament, that's still a very, very meaningful age group because the winner of that state goes on to represent Indiana at the Great Lakes Regional, and obviously the winner of the regional goes on to represent the Great Lakes at the Little League World Series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. HYR from Floyd's Knobs, they are the representative from District 5, the district champion, uh, and then Jeff GRC also getting an opportunity as the second-place team in the district and a host team to have an ent entrance into the tournament. I know that Jeff GRC with a loss yesterday to Bedford in their opening game of state tournament play. To a quick commercial break we go. Back with Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can send a text, a question, a comment, sound off, whatever you like on IU basketball, football, local sports, etc. And I tell you what, over the break, I was looking at high school football schedules again for some of our local teams. The first night of Friday Night Lights, uh, across the state of Indiana, August 18th, which means that the scrimmage games, at least the official scrimmages, take place one week earlier. So we are one month away today from the official kickoff of high school football here in the state of Indiana. That's exciting. 
Three weeks away are the official scrimmages that kind of get the season going a week early, which are always kind of fun to gauge locally who could be who and who's uh, some of the players to watch. But one week away from the big Charlestown, uh, excuse me, one month away from the big Charlestown at Silver Creek game, which is always the headline game locally. This year, Silver Creek debuting a new football field. Saw an update in the News and Tribune on that yesterday, and I think they're very hopeful that the field is open and ready to go for that big Highway 403 rivalry game. But we are inching closer to fall sports and high school football one month from the high school football season. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is with us. Dylan, welcome. Before we can talk sports today, I understand you've got a new gig. You're going to be leaving Seymour in Jackson County, unfortunately. I am, yeah. Uh, a little bit of a, of a tough move. I've, I've enjoyed covering sports in Jackson County uh, for the last two and a half years. It's been a blast. But, yeah, moving uh, moving up north to South Bend. Um, I'm going to work at the at Notre Dame, kind of be the in, in their media center. I'm kind of going to be advising some pub, student publications there. So a little bit of a different role. You know, I was a sports editor at Timor, so I kind of it, – it's sort of like that, although not as much kind of writing and reporting. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be advising students there in the Media Center at Notre Dame. So that should be a lot of fun for me. Um, you know, I was able to do some of that stuff while I was at IU, too. So uh, definitely looking forward to it, but definitely going to miss covering, um, you know, sports in Jackson County and just in southern Indiana in general. You were talking about the one month away from college or from high school football. You know, it's going to it's gonna be tough not being there on Friday nights and, and being at those games. Um, you know, Charlestown Silver Creek should be a, a fun one. Uh, both those teams, I've seen them both. They're both usually pretty good. So uh, I'm going to miss uh, some of those Friday night lights for sure. But, you know, I'll plan to maybe make a few trips back, catch some games, uh, especially during basketball season too. You know, going to want to see some of that Brownstown boys basketball team in Jack Benner's senior year. So uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff I'll be keeping up with for sure. I'll be following along. But, yeah, it won't be there every day, but I'll still keep up with everybody in Jackson County and see how those teams are doing. Um, so it should be a fun year for everybody this fall. There's some teams that I think could do some good things. So I'm looking forward to, to following along and uh, excited to, to kind of move on with this next chapter, but sad to be leaving Seymour. It's been a, it's been a fun couple of years for me. Well, Dylan, I admire the work that you did for Seymour and Jackson County covering high school sports especially. You know, you're, you're a northern Indiana guy, so you've made your way or you're making your way back to the northern side of the state, but uh, your time in southern Indiana very beneficial. So thanks for what you did at the Seymour Tribune. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's always it was. I grew up in Crown Point, so way up northwest by Chicago, and I just kind of kept going further south in the state. I went to school in Bloomington, and then working in Seymour for the last couple years. Uh, but yeah, now I'm going back up. Uh, you know, I get married there in Crown Point in October, so South Bend's a little bit closer than where I am right now. So that'll be a little bit easier to to plan things out and do stuff that way. So uh, I think it's for the best. It'll be a little bit nice to be closer to home, but uh, I'm going to miss a lot of it. But I'm, I'm I know there's a ton of reasons to come back to Bloomington for obviously IU games, football, basketball, and obviously Seymour for some of those big games as well. So uh, I'll definitely have plenty of reasons to come back, that's for sure. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what, um, uh, sad week. I'm going to save some of this conversation for um, our upcoming uh, guest, Kyle Neddenrip. It's a sad week for high school basketball in Indiana. We've lost some really good players that are going to take advantage of other opportunities. Yeah, really. Um, you know, yeah, a lot of guys go into overtime elite, um, you know, and it's, it's kind of unfortunate, you know. Um, you you kind of hate that. You know, I know Brownsburg was in that, you know, where Catchings plays, you know, they were in the Hall of Fame Classic this year, um, you know, which obviously he was probably a big reason they were selected to play in that. 
So now that he's not there anymore, it's a little bit of a bummer. Um, you know, it just it's just not it's not a lot of fun. You know, I, I don't really like the whole overtime elite scene. It's kind of like a glorified AAU thing. It's just kind of you know. But I, I do understand it. I guess from certain players' perspectives, you know, it's an opportunity to to probably get some more highlights out on you, and, and it probably helps them in recruiting and stuff like that. But um, it's it's a real bummer, you know, especially for the state. The state is is really good at basketball. Um, there's a lot of high stages you can play on in this state of Indiana. So the fact that we got a couple of really, really good recruits that are deciding to leave for their last year and then go play elsewhere, um, it's, it's definitely a bummer, you know. Because I mentioned there were some high-key games that some, some, some of these players were supposed to be in this year in Indiana, and now they won't be in it. So uh, it's, it's really a bummer, you know, and, and I'm sure Kyle will be able to speak more on this. But, you know, it's just, it just seems like that's the way things are trending uh, just kind of basketball in general, you know, there's all these different paths that people would rather take, you know, even, even going to college, people would rather play, you know, with, with the G league ignite teams and stuff like that, or play in different overtime elite settings. So, you know, it's kind of taking a hit to high school and college basketball when some of these high level players are opting to leave, you know, the schools they would have gone to. So it's a little disappointing. Um, you know, hopefully there's still a lot of really good talent in this state. I know there is. So, you know, hopefully we get to keep a lot of them around and, and get to see everybody play. But, yeah, that, that some of that news that we've heard this week with a lot of those players, it's, it's definitely a bummer because, you know, a lot of teams, you know, we were looking forward to see a lot of those games and a lot of those players. And, you know, also in terms of just recruiting perspectives, it probably hurts uh, a lot of the Indiana schools that they aren't in their backyard anymore. So you got to do a little bit more extra work to, to go out and get those guys if you really want them. So um, all in all, it's pretty disappointing. Um, I kind of understand it from the, from the players' perspective because like, they are just trying to do, you know, get more eyes on them and stuff like that. But it's definitely disappointing for us. And uh, hope, hopefully we still get some good ball and some good players. And, you know, I, I think we will. And, and hopefully, you know, we can keep a lot of them in state now. Yeah, no question. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, joining us here on this Friday program. Another weekend in July means another evaluation opportunity. Dylan, I don't know how much you've kept up with it, but this weekend is different. It's not the tournaments that we're used to with the travel teams and the shoe company involvements. It's NCAA uh, organized regional camps across the country uh, where they've invited, based on recommendation of coaches and others who they see as the top players in the country they're spread out it's a true kind of an old-fashioned camp format and it'll be interesting to see how many of the big-time guys say guys indiana is really targeting are out and it'll be interesting to see where the iu coaches go this is a little new and a little different yeah it really is new um you know i i'm curious to see how this works i think it could be something really positive um you know to have all these guys in certain spots and, and it really allows you know the coaches for whoever wants them to, to go to these locations so I, I think it could be a good thing um you know it's definitely a little different uh but but i'm, I'm curious to see how it works you're going to have a lot of really good players in the same spots and and that probably helps um you know people to kind of plan where they're going to be for recruiting and then send people where so um i'm definitely curious to see how it plans out i know we're going to be we're gonna. We're probably gonna be able to follow it pretty easily. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people, you know, tweeting out, you know, where the Indiana coaches are, who they're watching, you know, what players are where. So um, it should be pretty easy for us to kind of keep track of. But um, it's gonna be interesting to see. And you know, if it, if it goes well, uh, I would imagine this is something that they continue to do going forward. You know, designate a weekend um, each kind of July, late, late kind of fall. You know, before the August hits, to, to, to have these kind of weekends where. You know, the NCAA can, can have this, but um, I, I think it could be an interesting thing. So um, I'm definitely curious to see how it plays out. And, um, you know, Indiana's doing a lot of good recruiting work right now. You know, this is the time of year where you really try to, to go make a lot of groundwork up on a lot of these guys for, for 2024 and 2025. 
Um, so, so I'm really curious to see how some of these offers and, and these things come together because uh, I think we're, you know, we're coming up toward, you know, when the coaches are going to get back on in campus and really start to, to hammer around with this year's team. So this is the time of year where, where they're out and about and really trying to sort of build those connections with these recruits. And, um, you know, I've, I've liked a lot of what the talent that they've been going after lately. So, you know, hopefully we can get some of these guys to commit. And, uh, you know, hopefully this weekend is just another good step for, for the Indiana coaches to, to continue to build relationships and hopefully get some of these guys on campus and, and get them committed because, uh, you know, this, this year could be a really fun year for Indiana, and if they continue to recruit at a high level, you know, you hope it's a sustainable thing for them for the next couple of years as well. All right, uh, IU players, while this recruiting and busyness in July is going on, they've been on campus working out with Coach Marshall, the athletic performance coach. I'm sure there's been lots of closed-door open gym runs and opportunities to play as well. Cliff Marshall, I saw the other day with a picture of McKenzie Mbaco, and I know he's a top-level player and someone that was committed to Duke, so you expect him to be Division One ready, high major ready. My goodness, his build and body heading into his freshman year of college hoops is remarkable. It's pretty awesome. Uh, I saw the picture as well, and um, he, he looks like he's, he's ready to go. Uh, it's he looks great, and, uh, you know, a lot of the guys do. You know, there's been a lot of really good pictures of, of C.J. Gunn looking better. Um, a lot of guys on the roster um, have, have just really kind of improved their bodies. Looks like they're a lot more lean, more muscle. Um, they just look a little, a lot better. So, so I'm really excited uh, to see what this team could look like. Cliff's always done a really good job kind of transforming these guys and, and really helping them out in that department and just making them in better condition and getting them in better shape and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I kind of had to do a double take with Mbako. You know, you kind of forget that this guy is just going to be a freshman. You know, you would think that he's he's been in college for a couple years with the way he looks because um, he, he looks like he's built ready to go. And uh, I can't wait to watch these guys hit the floor together. Um, I'm really curious. You know, we've been talking about it all summer. Is just there's so much talent coming in, and there's a lot of talent that were on the roster last year that's still here. So how is everyone going to gel together? Um, I'm super excited to kind of see how, how how they play, but you know, right now from what we've seen, the small videos of them working out and and certain things on the basketball floor, it's all been really positive, and you know that stuff always is. But I do like you know those pictures we get. It just shows that these guys are actually putting in some real work, and they're really kind of getting themselves ready to go. They're getting their bodies ready, and that's what you need, especially in the Big Ten. We always talk about how physical the league is, and you know you got to be ready to go. You want to per- stay away from injuries and then be ready to bang and all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, he looks like a beast, so I'm excited to see him hit the floor and um, see what he can do. And, you know, if they can continue to, to trend these guys out here and get them drafted the year after they're here for a year, that, that only helps uh, the program and people will want to come here some more. So I'm excited to see what Mbako can do this year. Um, I think he's going to be a really good player. All right, starting lineup, this is just kind of fun to think ahead about. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We just know about returning players from last year. And then, you know, you hear the hype about incoming players from recruiting or the transfer portal. But Xavier Johnson, Trey Galloway, Mackenzie Mbako, we just talked about his already built Division One body. Malik Renew, who I think people have high expectations of the jump he could take from last year to this year, and then the big seven-footer, Kellel Ware. How does that sign sound, in your opinion, to, as a starting lineup for the Hoosiers? Anybody that you would juggle around, or do you think that's the obvious five based on what we know at this point? I think that's a good five. I'm really curious to see if they if they were able to play Mbako, Renew, and Ware together. Um, you know, how much is Malik's game going to be expanded? Can he be a little bit more perimeter-oriented? Um, we know where can be, and obviously Mbaka can be as well. 
um, you know, that'd be a really big lineup. And obviously, you got the experience backcourt with with Xavier and, and Trey. Um, so, you know, Trey also is another guy, like you mentioned, he looks like he's really bulked up this offseason as well. Um, so, I think that'd be a great starting five. Um, I'm curious to see what they do um, kind of with that three position. If you do slide Mbaco in there, or, you know, if you put Mbaco at the four with Renew or Ware, and then is someone else a three, like, you know, Caleb Banks or, or CJ Gunn, or do you go smaller in, the, in that area? I don't know. I'm really curious to see how they do that. I think that five you laid out is probably the, the way that a lot of fans are thinking right now. and probably the way that I would think as well. So, But I'm just curious to see how that, that front court of Renew and Mbaco and Ware could all fit and mesh together, you know, spread out the touches. I know all those guys are expected to do a lot of good things, so how are we going to distribute everything? And that's why it's great to have a point guard like Xavier Johnson because we know he can really pass the ball and, and set guys up. So hopefully he, hopefully he can help, you know, dish all that out for sure. But uh, I'm excited. To just There just seems like a lot of different lineup combinations that we have, and I feel like, you know, you, we talk about this like every offseason, and, and by the time you get to December, you're like, okay, we only really have like six or seven guys. But this year, I'm hoping it's a little different. I'm hoping there are a lot of options that Anna can go to because you hope guys like C.J. Gunn and Caleb Banks made a jump. You hope a guy like Gabe Cux maybe come in and, and give you some good minutes here or there and, and stuff like that. So um, I'm, I'm excited to see how this team looks. And, you know, that lineup could be a really, really big, a long one, an athletic one, one that can give a team a lot of trouble on both ends of the floor be good defensively and, and obviously stretch the floor and, and kind of do things differently on offense too. So um, it's, there's a lot of options right now, which which is exciting. You know, I think for the first time in, in a long time, we don't really know what it's going to look like because you don't have the Trace Jackson Davis there that you know will just kind of be that, that you know, always kind of backbone to, to lock, you know, throw it into in, in, on the post. So um, the, the fact that we got some different options here is an exciting one and to see how they're going to play and see how Woodson kind of dials this thing up is going to be the most exciting thing for me looking forward to this season so uh definitely looking forward to it and uh i can't wait to see who those first five are and how things change throughout the season you know i'm also i guess all the players even the returning players were interested in but i'm really curious how anthony walker the transfer coming in from miami how he can fit and participate and play for the hoosiers i would assume he would come off the bench i don't know that for sure but you wonder, with another year of experience under his belt at Miami, he had some good years early on, but can he be a contributing factor for this Indiana team? I think so, and he's kind of someone that really is sort of falling under the radar. Like, I, you, you just mentioned his name, and I totally forgot that um, you know he was on the roster, um, and I, don't, I haven't seen him talked about a whole lot. But, you know, when he first committed, um, I think people were pretty excited because he's a really kind of big and athletic a wing type player, which is an exciting thing because it, that's, those are the types of players that, that help you win, and those are the types of players that Indiana really hasn't had a whole lot of, you know, in the last couple of seasons. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to him fitting into that kind of rotation of of Ware and Renew and Mbako and and all those kind of and you know even a Peyton Sparks, you know, who we think can can come in and give some good minutes here there as an energy guy. So they got a lot of really good front court options. They can all do a little bit different things, and you know Walker's definitely one of those guys that. Um, I, I've definitely forgotten about it a little bit because I think you know he was one of the later guys arriving on campus and everything. But um, I think he could be a really, really nice addition to this team. You know, didn't really play a whole lot this past season, but um, I think you just look at what he brings to the table, kind of the body that he has. Um, he's definitely a player that can help this team. So um, he's he's someone that I'm glad you brought him up because he could be a really, really big piece of this team that you know we might even re- not even fully realize right now, but. You know, the more he kind of fits in with, with these guys, um, he could be a really good addition. So I'm looking forward to it. The, the, you feel like we have a lot of options in the, 
the front court area, and just a lot of really athletic wings and, and guys that are out there. So it's going to be a nice change of pace for sure because I feel like they haven't had these kinds of players in a while. So um, definitely excited. You know, this is this is a really talented roster, and and I think they could be capable of some really special things if things come together and they gel like like we hope they do. But um, you know, that's the coach's jobs, and I think Woodson's shown us through his first two seasons that he's able to do some good things. And you know, he this is a more talented team than I think he's ever had here. Uh, than the first two years, so hopefully, hopefully they can put it together. And you know, just mentioning all these guys, it definitely gets you excited for what they can possibly do. Talking with Dylan Wallace, Dylan is sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, and with us Fridays as we talk IU basketball and more. Um, you know, one other thing I wanted to bring up with you is IU women's basketball. Very general conversation today, but. I knew they had some returning players back that are going to make them a key program in the Big Ten. But I tell you what, I saw the betting odds for the Women's National Championship yesterday, and I mentioned this on the show. Indiana is the fifth best odds, or has the fifth fifth best odds, to win the National Championship next season. I think that that's an indication that people think Indiana women are going to continue moving on up as they have in recent seasons. They, again, should have a really good team. They should. And, you know, I think they only really lost Grace Berger from, from last year's roster. Um, you know, they didn't go as far as they wanted to last year. But, um, you know, they got Mackenzie Holmes back. They still got Sydney Parrish back. You know, Chloe Moore-McNear is back again. Sarah Scalia, I think, is back again. So you got most of your starters back. And, play, and you know, Yarden Gazone, she played a lot of big minutes for them last season. So they have a lot of their players back. And they also added, I think, a couple of pretty talented freshmen that uh, and, and some good transfers that I think can can play pretty early. Um, so, you know, they didn't have a whole lot of depth last season. They just kind of had their main six or seven and, and really kind of stuck with it. But I think there's some nice additions this year. And just having the kind of the backbone of Mackenzie Holmes back, you know, she's going to be a, a player of the year kind of candidate for Indiana. Um, you know, they're, they're probably going to be hovering around that top ten, top five range all season long. Um, they have an awesome non-conference slate with – you know they they play at Stanford on November 12th, so that's a big time game. Uh, they 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 scheduled a home and home with with Stanford, so you know Stanford will come to Indiana in 2024. But you know the Hoosiers go to them this year, so that's going to be a really good litmus test early on to kind of see where you are, because that's always one of the teams to to beat. You know when you're going to the tournament, and you're picking who are the best teams in the country. So um, they they have a really nice non-conference schedule, taking on some really good teams. Um, so. Uh, I'm I'm definitely pretty excited to see what what they're able to do this year. You know, I, like I said, I think they they obviously got upset last year in the, in the round of 32 to Miami. Um, definitely wasn't didn't go as planned, but you know they still got most of that talent back. And a lot of these girls have have already been to you know uh, the the Elite Eight or the Sweet 16 in the la- in the years prior. So uh, they definitely know what it takes to get there. Um, they're probably going to be uh, one of the favorites in the Big Ten again. Obviously, Iowa's going to have Caitlin Clark back, and we know how good she is and that team can be. So I'm sure those two will be kind of button heads for the top spot in the conference. Um, but but it's going to be a really another, another good year for them. And it's been it's been like that for a while now. You know, I think there's something crazy like Terry Moran has had him with, like, I think eight or six straight 20-win seasons. Um, they've just been doing a lot of good things. She's already the winningest coach in program history. So, uh, they continue to go up, and uh, I think they're definitely going to be one of the favorites uh, for next season just because of all the players they got back. And, you know, losing Grace Berger is unfortunate, but I do think with all the players they still have and having Mackenzie Holmes there will be a really, really good thing. And, and like I said, they're testing themselves early on, so uh, expect the Hoosiers to be 
kind of one of the last teams remaining. I, I don't think they're going to lose in the round of 32 again this year. I think they'll, they'll hopefully they host again. They'll be three straight years of hosting at Assembly Hall as well, and that's always fun. So hope, hopefully uh, we can see them get to the Sweet 16 and maybe Elite Eight and hopefully a little bit farther than that the next uh, this year as well. Absolutely. Dylan, thank you for being with us. Congratulations on the new job and the move back to northern Indiana, and we'll talk with you again soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan has done great work. I know that Seymour, a little bit outside of our normal reach here in Clark and Floyd counties where this show probably is most listened to, at least on the terrestrial radio, but he's been an outstanding addition to Southern Indiana media and uh, just has taken the coverage of Seymour and Brownstown and all those Jackson County schools to another level, and we appreciate what he's brought to us here on the Hoosier Report. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. We'll talk about Jalen Harrelson, his offer from Duke, and his new high school, LaPorte Lalamere, for next season. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Friday edition of the program. Thornton's text line open, the number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star with us on Fridays in this segment. Kyle, I've mentioned it a few times this week, but disappointing week for high school hoops in our state because two really key players have announced they are leaving their schools and headed to play in other opportunities that aren't part of the Indiana High School Athletic Association, and in one case, not even in the state of Indiana. That said, I think you did a great job summing it up earlier on social media. It's disappointing. We love our high school hoops here. It's still played at a really high level here, but the world of basketball is changing in 2023. Yeah, I ended up writing a, a column about it, and, uh, you know, it's it's not necessarily a new phenomenon. You know, we've seen in the last uh, decade or so, you know, probably even slightly more, you know, some of our more talented players, you know, Devontae Smith-Rivera, you know, A.J. Hammonds, you know, there have been a handful, even going back, you know, 10, 12 years ago, that uh, went on to places like Oak Hill Academy or Lalamere uh, became part of that landscape uh, here uh, right around that time as well. Uh, so we, we did see, you know, we have seen some of this over the year. Jaron Jackson is another one uh, from Park Tudor who went to Alamir. But, you know, so it's, it's sort of been, you know, kind of happening, um, you know. But I think having two kids, Cannon Catchings from Brownsburg was last week, and then uh, Jalen Harrelson from Fishers was this week, uh, decide to go uh, to their respective uh, new venues, uh, um, Overtime Elite for Catchings and Alamir for Harrelson. You know, I think it kind of hits you then. It's like, man, we lost two guys who were both, you know, depending on the rankings list, you know, top 20 type players, top 25 players uh, in, in most of the recruiting services. So it, it just, uh, you know, and, you know, I, I think, you know, put in there about, you know, it's, it is, it feels like 
it diminishes the product. I mean, because a lot, you know, Fisher's plays Brownsburg during the season, and you know, those are the matchups. If you don't care about either team, you know, you, you might be inclined to go see Harrelson play catchings and and you know, see that that sort of one-on-one matchup and see how it and that's fascinating that's that's fun stuff for any high school basketball fan and i think that's what draws you know it draws mass interest that's why they have things like the forum tip-off classic and the you know the uh the hall of fame classic to an extent or, or more of these one-day showcases to get these you know to get fans to come in and see this top talent but on the other hand i know uh you know, I know what kind of options are out there now, and, and you know, I know that the prep schools and the, I don't know if you necessarily call overtime elite a prep school necessarily, but kind of falls under that umbrella, but, you know, it's just, there, there's so many options for these top uh, 50 type players, top 100 type players that, you know, it's, it's inevitable that some of them are going to go down this road, and, you know, with NIL sort of opening the door, I mean, that, that creates another, you know, in, in overtime elite's case, you know, you didn't, when they first opened, it was more of a competitor with college basketball. Now it's sort of a, you know, it's it's not necessarily that. You know, you have the option. You can go pro, uh, go to overtime lead, become a professional right away, or you can kind of, like Catchings is doing, you sort of go on scholarship there. You get a, you know, you might get an NIL deal, uh, but you retain your college eligibility uh, as well. So that that kind of and and colleges can still recruit you like he's still at this point planning to go to Purdue and and whatnot so you know in that case it's sort of a, has worked in their favor I would say so so I would say you know it's just it's just kind of the nature of it not everyone's going to go you know Flory from all indications I mean they're about to start school up there at Kokomo and he's planning on staying and uh, you know so you're going to have kids who do stay and and. And I think that will continue as well. And I think there'll be these cases where we'll see the top, some of the top guys leave. It's not new. It's it's just more, you know, because it happened twice in a, in a short span of time. Both these guys are very good. <laughs> and they're, in my opinion, both NBA, uh, you know, players in, in the future. You know, if they fulfill their promise, they're going to they're gonna play at that level. Um, you know, so it becomes very uh, front of mind, I would say, because of that. Um but yeah, I mean it's it is you know, and I, I still I still don't like it, you know, and I, I think you can you, I think you can say you you don't like it, but you can still understand it. I, I think sometimes in social media and people posting stuff, it's like black and white, and, and I think I've talked about with you before about because sort of my my feeling is man, there's a lot there's the world's like ninety five percent gray, and and and. Uh, you know, so I feel like there's some there's some room for understanding, even if you don't like it. And I saw somebody said, you know, the the we need to shame the preps. Well, they don't. They're not gonna. You don't shame them. I mean, that's not really how it works. I mean, they're gonna do what they do to you know build up their own programs. I mean, you can not like it and disagree with it, but also understand, I guess, where you know the families are coming from. If they feel like this is the best route for them to fulfill the promise of professional aspirations then then that's what they're probably going to do and, and i can't say that's right or wrong or indifferent i mean it's just it, you have to put yourself in their shoes and and we can't always you know we can't know everything and some of it's not even basketball related you know i know in in one of these cases it's it's some off the you know away from basketball um you know feeling like there's a, a, a needed change for other reasons so you know it's just i, I don't know you know it's, it's hard to say you know this is right this is wrong i mean i get i certainly get i'm a fan of high school basketball and i i don't i don't love it because i want to see those players i want to cover those players you know from a selfish standpoint but 
but uh, I think we can also understand sort of where, where you know what, what the landscape is and and uh, and sort of what these options are for the top players. Yeah, no question. Kyle Neddenrip, the Indianapolis Star, my guest. This is connected to this, I guess, but maybe a little bit unrelated because I think you did a great job laying out the benefits perhaps of going to some of these other opportunities uh, outside of traditional high school basketball. But does the Indiana Mr. Basketball Award carry the same weight it once did? Does an Indiana All-Star nomination uh, in that Indiana-Kentucky series still matter as much as what it did some years ago, or has all of that changed as well? I think it's changed to a certain extent, but if you, it's hard to know unless you live through it, too. And there's these sliding door things like, you know, we don't know, you know, it'd be fun to know if Cannon Catching State at Brownsburg, what, and he looked back years later, like, what his thoughts would be, but... But he's not going to have that opportunity. But I, I, I sort of bring that up because, or he doesn't have the opportunity. He's just choosing not to. He's going a different route. Uh, Marcus Burton, on the other hand, he had that opportunity as well last summer, and you know it looked like he was, you know, probably going to go to Lalamere, and yet he decided not to. Uh, stayed at Penn. He wins Mr. Basketball, and I think, you know, there's not much he would change about. I, I wouldn't think. I mean, at least from talking to him after it happened, and. You know, he won Mr. Basketball. I think he felt like he did the right thing. So, you know, in his case, you know, he what he set out to do, he accomplished. And, uh, you know, we'll never know with some of these other guys. But I do, I do think maybe, you know, because that was the goal, that was, there wasn't, you know, years ago, you didn't have the option. You know, Damon Bailey didn't have the option of going to Wallamere, you know, and, and I doubt he would have. But just saying, you know, you can't say, uh, you know, these guys – chose to stay there was there wasn't really any I mean, maybe oak hill at some point became a, a factor but they're just it's just different you know and so i think it has changed um i still think it carries a ton of weight though i think mr basketball indian all-stars carry a ton of weight and even though harrison and catchings will always be associated with those schools you know they're not going to have their jerseys on the wall um you know like some of the others so but yeah i think you know i i could be dishonest if you're saying it hasn't changed a little bit but i do still think it carries a ton of weight in the state. Kyle Nedderip, the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, we are a month away tonight from high school football in our state. That's great. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is unbelievable, but also been working on a lot of stuff with football, so it doesn't, <laughs> from that standpoint, it, it does feel like it's right on the doorstep, and uh, and I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's it's uh, usually that first Friday feels like the start of something new, and you know, great crowds and, uh, you know, the start of a new uh, uh, school season. It's always exciting. So uh, that'll be fun. And, uh, yeah, we're getting right down to it here. So looking looking forward to getting started again. All right, Kyle Nedenriff of the Indianapolis Star. When Kyle's with us, great information, and you know the weekend is near. Kyle, once again, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this Friday edition of the program. Thank you so much. For being with us. I hope everybody has a great weekend. I think the rain is supposed to stay away. I know we've had a rainy week. I hope it does. And we'll be back with you Monday at 11 a.m. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star and Chad Gilbert, Charlestown Athletic Director, IHSA Executive Board Member. They're always our guest on the Monday edition of our program. Have a great weekend. We'll talk Monday. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.